All right. So I've got former fan of the pod, now part of the pod, Brian Marceau with me. And as always, we always need more Martins. We got Martin on today, and we're ready to preview a little basketball. How, how are you guys doing today? Great. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah not, I'm not, good. not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, and so most of you probably know Brian from his uh, awesome five or six hashtag AskTATCs every week. But, uh, you know, he was doing so well at that that uh, we figured we'd give him a nice shake at basketball. Turns out he's a huge basketball fan, so I think we're going to get a lot of good content for you guys. Uh, we don't really know how exactly the structure is going to go as the season rolls on. It might be uh, Brian and I. It might be Martin and TJ. It might be Sean and myself. It'll just kind of be whoever maybe watched the game wants to get on. So basketball, you know, the structure's up in the air. So if you guys hear something you like, make sure you, you tweet at us at Tubbs at the Club to tell us what you liked about the basketball coverage or what you'd like to see more of because this is obviously our first episode doing it, and we'll, we'll roll with that. And with that, guys, um, I kind of want to read you guys an excerpt from a Facebook post I made after last year's men's basketball performance in the conference playoffs uh, or tournament. I want to get you guys' kind of opinion on it, and then we'll move forward, as Chuck Staben would say, into the season. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Same here. All right. All right. So, started out with open letter to the Idaho Vandals. I can handle one-win seasons in the Sun Belt. I can handle men's basketball, postseason disappointments in the Western Athletic Conference. What I cannot handle is relegating us to the FCS to play Northern Colorado and Cal Poly in football. I cannot handle being picked preseason number one for men's basketball in the Big Sky Conference to then choke against Idaho State, who we should never lose to, and then a few weeks later be a two-seed and getting outclassed in every way by a 10-seed in the quarterfinals. You're making me want to put my silver and gold away and root for a real team like Appalachian State, Central Michigan, or San Jose State, or some team that puts in the effort and work, makes the calls to support their legacy, their students, their fans, and their alumni, keeps their school in the dance and not some outcast from a terrible 90s rom-com. If our athletic department's goal was to drive us into obscurity, well, mission accomplished, and Boise State thanks you. But alas, it is not all over. Believe it or not, I have the answers. Number one, fire Chuck Staben. We can check that one off the list. Two, call, beg, and pay whoever you need to get us in the FBS conference or team up with New Mexico State to make one. Three, pay Paul Petrino whatever he thinks he and his staff needs. You can call me for one of the first donations. Four, build the gosh darn basketball stadium faster. Five, build out the dome to be something resembling more of a D1 stadium and less of an airplane hangar. Number six, and quite possibly the toughest, it's time to fire Verlin. He has been great. I know he has elevated us from the dark ages, and that I know. But much like Aki was, when it matters, he cannot get it done. He built the house. Hell, the house is in good shape. Let someone else, maybe Gonzaga's number two, make the finishing touches. You have no excuses. You have one of the most loyal fan bases ever. You have a flagship university. We have not played in the NCAA tournament since 1990. That was 28 years ago. We've only played in the postseason or played postseason football three times in the last 20 years, 98, 09, 16. Hashtag embarrassing. While women's basketball, soccer, and cross country have propped you up for the last decade, as fans deserve something we can brag about on an airplane, a bar, or a place far away like McCall, Idaho. Because God knows we still come to watch, love, and support this university, even if we are losing everything all the time. You don't deserve us. Please start by being proactive instead of reactive. Get ahead of the times instead of behind the times. We have already fallen behind Boise State and athletics, and the gap is closing in academics. Let us not 
let's not let the same happen with Idaho State and Montana because I have because I don't want to have to start rooting for the College of Idaho. If you need a new athletic director, you can find my resume on LinkedIn. I will do it for free to fix this mess you have made in the last 20 years. Thank you. What, any thoughts, opinions on that really long-winded rant that covers both football and basketball? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say fire Verlin yet. Yeah, I know he's had some down years, but... I think you just, with him, you got to just shorten the leash and just make sure he realizes if you mess up, say, one more time, you're out of here. So in terms of so in terms of understanding uh, Don, Don Verlin, um, he, what, you, what you said, Chris, is similar to what I've heard uh, from some fans, which uh, my, my experience of Don Verlin is that we essentially have two groups uh, in our alums. Uh, we have uh, the group who is like you, who feels that, Hey, you know, you've been here 10 years, come on. Um, and we have the group that says, um, we're on a, we're on an upward trajectory and there, there's a little bit more here. Um, I, I fall into the camp right now of, I find his style. I find some of the uh, tactical decisions that he makes, uh, for example, his pace. I find that at times frustrating, but he's coming off his best season. Uh, with 22 wins last year, and the the conference tournament performance uh, that that really is a, a problem. Of, if if he doesn't rectify that at some point, he's been our coach for 10 years. We've only won a conference tournament game in three of those years. And mm-hmm. um, when we've been a member of the Big Sky, we've had a bye a couple times, which you you could po- probably round that into a win, I guess, because you are in the next round. Uh, but in the Big Sky, we've never won more than one tournament game. We've done that twice. And as a member of the WAC, one year uh, we won two tournament games. Um, so th- that's a, that. What you said is exactly why people are dissatisfied because he truly does have some solid components to his resume in ten years at Idaho. But uh, you're also right. We haven't been in the NCAA tournament since 1990. You know, we're we're not that far from three decades of not being part of of postseason, meaningful postseason basketball. Yeah, I, we've made the CBI and the CIT a couple times. And, you know, like I said, my stance today is a little different than my stance was when I wrote that back on March 8th. But, you know, it was just one of those things where once again, I felt like the our, we can't win a conference tournament game. And multiple times we've been the favorite and been upset. And the fact for me last year, the big thing was coming in preseason number one and then not even finishing with the number one seed. Even though, you know, we did get the two seed and Montana got the number one seed. So it's not like it was a bad, you know, a, a non-traditional team that got it. It was just the fact that we did that. And then we got upset by a 10 seed in the first game. And it just was like, I was so burned out on it. I do like Verlin. So I, I'm happy we get to start moving forward to this season. Because now that we've, it's what he does. And looking at this roster, and obviously you guys will notice that Brian and Martin are going to be more your basketball guys than me. But we have, what, five or six freshmen? So, I mean, he went out and he got people. And not just totally local kids. We got a kid from um, Arizona, and we also got two transfers in. So uh, a totally new team. But, you know, that's what I think Berlin does a really good job of is actually recruiting. And I mean, you've got your – we got Ledbetter. We got Kyle Barone. We got – what was his name? Jim Ban- Benjamin, the big French guy. Um, the Sherwood brothers, uh, Vic Sanders, Madison. 
That's David Madison. Like he he gets some real big stars in there. Oh, Connor Hill. So I mean, it, it's not like he. It, I feel like his coaching is what let us down. He brings in recruits, and I, I'm hoping that looking at this, you know, this list of guys we got this year, that once again maybe he he's got us set up for maybe. I'm thinking there'll probably be some some growing pains here in the fact that it's we're really really young. Uh, what two? Three upperclassmen. Everybody else is a sophomore or younger. So, I mean, there's going to be some growing pains. But, man, we're set up for in two to three years to be a real dangerous team. But, uh, Brian, Martin, I'm curious what you guys think and expect kind of this year. I think, like you said, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. The only – just kind of going over the roster again. Like, the only real – I think the only seniors we have are Nate Sherwood and Trayvon Allen. Mm-hmm. So kind of relying on those two, it'll be it'll be interesting. But if there, like you said, there will be growing pains involved with this team. So I take the glass half full approach here, which, uh, by the way, is not what I typically err on with how I understand sports. Um, Chris, one thing you talked about is Verlin as a recruiter, and um, we're all sports fans, so we know this. But in case people listen to the pod, don't uh, a head coach at a university has essentially two positions. They're the CEO of the operation in terms of they're responsible to bring in the talent and they're the day-to-day manager who puts that talent into play and gives the trajectory for how those people need to perform day by day, week by week. Um, When Don Verlin took over our program, it is, it is not possible to stress how much we had bottomed out Uh, There's three numbers I think everyone should look at when you want to understand exactly what he inherited. 2005, 2006, the number's four. 2006, 2007, the number's four. 2007, 2008, the number's eight. Four, four, and eight. In three years, our program won 16 games total. Three more numbers people should look at. 05, 06, the number's one. 06, 07, the number's one. 07, 08, the number's five. 115, that's seven league wins in three years. We already talked about us not making the NCAA tournament since 1990, so we weren't understood as a regional power. He was starting with nothing. And in in 2008, 2009, his first year, he relied on eight transfer players, a lot of guys, junior college college players. And uh, the big thing he got was Mac Hobson from WSU, who became all whack first team his first season. Uh, In Verlin's second year, which, by the way, uh, takes a step back. 2008, 2009, he won 17, 17 games in his first year. So we had a winning record, 17, 16, and he won nine league games. More, more league wins than we'd had in three years. Uh, his second year, we, had, we were playing with 10 transfer players, most of them from junior colleges. If you look at our roster now, you, you guys referenced all the underclassmen we have. It's important to know that he slowly... Uh, because we're Idaho, we are not Gonzaga, we are not WSU in the Pac-12. We don't have that type of reputation. It was a slow process. Um, of our under- underclassmen, they're all high school guys. That was not the case when he started. It took time to get there. And of our upperclassmen, um, one is a junior college transfer, but he's actually a transfer from a higher, from an NCAA tournament-level team as a freshman. Um, and... Um, our, our other transfer, who we will get to, he's a, he's a Power 5 transfer from Oregon State. Um, I think, you know, you guys say growing pains. I, I agree that we will, we will likely have some nights that it is not exciting. 
Um, but I don't think of these as growing pains. I see a team that has a lot of potential talent. Uh, Verlin's established some pretty reliable recruitment pipelines we talked about. I see this as like, hey, in three years, we're going to know, do we have the right guy in place? Yeah, you know, and um, that, that's kind of the question. And like I, like Kenny, you brought up, I, I like the recruits looking at them. Um, I, per se, haven't done too much research into it. Uh, like I would necessarily for the football recruits watched a bunch of film, but I mean, like you said, I mean, we got a lot of kids out of Seattle, uh, which obviously is a hotbed for basketball. Uh, I mean, he's gotten kids, two kids from Minnesota. He's got Arizona, Georgia, three kids from Arizona, two kids from Oregon, um, you know, a kid from Ontario and uh, Canada. So, I mean, he, he gets a, he definitely is good at recruiting, I guess my he knows where to go. Yeah, I guess my argument would be that he's had the ten years, and it's great to see that you know finally we're getting guys that come in for four to five years uh, and, and play, and we have contributors like that, like Vic Sanders was. But man, I it's just I mean I'm excited for this year because I I agree with you, and you're selling me more on it with every every minute you know you're talking. But you know we we do have a chance to really have a really exciting young team. And like you said, maybe some nights it's going to show that they are young um, and there's not a lot of senior leadership on this team, uh, which could maybe lead to a lot of running around with, with no one really to, to take control of some reins. But I think the talent is going to make it a fun year. I don't know if we go – I don't think this will be the year we make a big run in the tournament and maybe play spoiler for once instead of being spoiled. But uh, I'm excited. I, I'm really excited for this team. And just, you know, the way the football season's gone, I'm excited to see maybe yeah. if we have a team that maybe was less hyped become something that should have been more hyped instead of how the football team turned out. The unknown of this basketball team is what's keeping me intrigued with them right now. Yeah. That's what's, that, that's what at least is keeping me intrigued is just, yeah, like you don't know what you don't know what you're going to expect from men's, the men's basketball team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one thing we, we do know, uh, you know, Chris, you talked about how we're likely not going to win this year. Um, we're not doing a full big sky preview at this moment, but uh, spoiler alert, Montana is going to win the league. They, they return first team all league player in Ahmad Rory, who if things go well, he will be their third most important player. Uh, they have a, another power. Ahmad Rory is a power five transfer from Oregon. He played as a freshman. Um, they have another Power Five transfer who was injured last year, who Montana expects to maybe maybe be their best player. Um, so you're right, we're we're not going to win the league this year, but we have some foundational pieces that in a year or two could could pay off for us. And I think there, there's really three guys at this point because uh, when we have all the freshmen and sophomores, you know, we were a senior heavy team last year. So there, if a if a freshman wasn't ready to contribute like a starter and not have growing pains, there was no reason for that guy to see the floor. And that was why last year we didn't, we didn't see a lot of underclassmen play. Um, but we have three guys who I think if we're solid this year, you know, we're coaches, coaches poll, we're pick ninth media poll, we're pick sixth. Um, I think those are fair picks. I don't think they're necessarily destiny. There are three guys who I think it's worth spending a minute or two going over mm -hmm. uh, because they kind of fit the profile for some, uh, for some of what we've seen 
as potential big sky stars in the last few years. Um, the first is the only, the only fresh face we have from last year uh, is Trayvon Allen. Uh, I know we've referenced Nate Sherwood. He's out for the year. Um, he had, he had an injury. So we, we okay. don't have a senior on the roster who will play. Uh, we have four Nate points Sherwood. a game returning out of, out of Trayvon Allen. Nate, Nate Sherwood is the okay. returner. Yeah. Uh, it came out a couple weeks ago that he is expected to be out for the year. I forgot about that. Yeah. So Trayvon Allen is really the only guy we've seen. And, you know, there's, there's some question marks about him. Um, you know, he, his stats trended down a little bit from his freshman year. He averaged four points a game last year. He averaged five as a freshman. Uh, last year he shot about 35% from three on two to two and a half shots a game. Although, uh, because he's playing with a guy like Vic Sanders, he was shooting open shots. Um, you know, at this point, the reason he's a question mark is we've seen him in moments look like a guy who could be an all big sky player. Like when he was a freshman against Mont against Weaver state, he oh scored 25 points on eight shots, uh, made, so made 14, fun. 14 free throws. Um, but he shot 14 free throws, not because he was being fouled at the end. He was burning guys. He was splitting double teams. He was playing like a kid who might be elite. We didn't see that as much last year as a lot of us hoped we would, but we've seen it in moments. Uh, so the big question for Trayvon Allen and Coach Verdlin has in the media said, this is, this is his time to step up and be a leader. Um, the question is, is he, can we see more of the guy who looks effortlessly comfortable attacking, um, or are we going to see the guy we've seen, we saw last year, who in moments looks great, uh, but in moments looked like he he was a little bit concerned that he he looked like he was more concerned with not screwing up mm -hmm. than doing well. Um, we're going to see where that goes this year. Cause this is his team at this point. Uh, the, the other two that I want to address real quick. One is Markel Frazier. He's the, he's the guy from Canada. We referenced, he's actually a transfer from a junior college, but originally he went to Virginia Commonwealth, a team that regularly plays in the NCAA tournament right now. He received offers from Georgia tech and DePaul and Iowa out of high school. According to VCU website, he was understood as a defensive stopper when he went there. Uh, he only played for one year, scored 14 points in 16 minutes. Then at the junior college he went to as a guard, averaged 17 points a game, shot 57% from the field. Um, he's, he's a junior. Now he's a guy who has transferred essentially down uh, a program you know, from Virginia Commonwealth to Idaho. Virginia Commonwealth, much more prestigious place for basketball. Um, he's a guy who I think there's reason to believe, hey, maybe this is one of our guys who steps up. Um, I looked at some tape from when he played uh, junior college at Midland College, and he looks like a strong athlete. Uh, he doesn't have like a 40-inch vertical, but he looks uh, pretty fast north-south. And that that is something that in the big sky, uh, if you have an athlete who can get by people, I mean, this is that, that matters in any conference, but in the big sky, if you have a guy who's, who's an athlete of the caliber of a higher conference, those guys can contribute immediately. Uh, Montana saw that with two consecutive players uh, that they had transferring from Oregon and University of Washington. Um, the other guy is Xavier Smith. He's a sophomore guard. He's a transfer from Oregon State, so Power 5 transfer. He's a walk, he was a walk-on. That's why he's eligible this year. Uh, he, he's a former three-star recruit. He's a six foot four guard. Uh, the big sky has just done well with PAC 12 transfers. Um, so we, uh, we need to see the guy play. He played minimally last year, but he fits a profile we've seen over the last few years of guys who dropped down from the PAC 12 and from day one, they are difference makers. Yeah. So if, I guess it sounds like, 
if I had to ask you, with with probably very little prep on the subject, going into this year, what's a reasonable win total you would expect us to get? Reasonable win total, man. Um, I got to look at the schedule. So part of this is going to be the, the Big Sky itself has a few question marks that I I think will be interesting to see see play out. We're top heavy right now in that Montana's the understood favorite, uh, but Weber State is the understood two, and there's a pretty big gap between the understood one and two. You know, if we finish the year at around 17 and 16, uh, I think 17 and 16 should be about the floor of, hey, you guys, we have something building. Um, if we can, if we can win around 19 games, uh, considering that if you look at our non-conference schedule, which uh, a lot of listeners might, might not be looking at our non-conference schedule, different from football, in basketball we do not schedule uh, payday games like next year football plays at Penn State. Basketball doesn't do that anymore. We play only teams that we can schedule home and home series with. Um, the the Power Five exception is we play Washington State, which last year we beat Washington State by twenty nine, and we we played in Moscow. Callen Spectrum was at eighty five percent capacity. It's a fun game. Um, you know, if you look through our non conference schedule, we have only winnable games in my mind. Um, I'm not going to count the like Northwest mm-hmm. Nazarene who they're they're taking part in the Vandal Holiday Hoops Showcase. They're on our schedule, but I, I'm really not paying much attention to them. Um, I'm not paying much attention to West Coast Baptist College, who has recently added because Walla Walla suspended their entire team yeah, a couple days that. ago. Um, yeah. So you know what? If we can finish... If we can finish in the spectrum of 16 to like 21 wins just based on our game total, I think people should be happy and people should expect, okay, next year... This is a team that could compete for a top three yeah, place. In the I, I would peg it at, like I said, seventeen is probably where I would put it. Um, I think that's a very probably optimistic outtake when you have such a young team. But I do think Verlin, and from what you've said, we've we've gotten a good base in, and you know it's going to come when they start learning late in the season. And like you said, uh, our our non conference schedule is winnable, so. If we can get through most of those, I like our chances. The more and more this group starts to gel with each other, so I, I'd probably put it at around seventeen. Martin, what do you what are you thinking? I, I kind of think five hundred ball, like the seventeen wins, is probably. Just, I'd say anywhere like probably about five hundred is where I'd probably say is like the, the where I would expect them to be this year. Yeah, and I, I think that also. Simple. I think uh, it kind of puts what we were talking about at the beginning to kind of go full circle that this almost secures Don Verlin for probably at least two to three more years. And the fact that now he has to grow up with this team, like it, it, I don't want to say it's sink or swim with these guys, obviously, but this is like um, Brian said, this is his chance to showcase. Look, you've stuck with me this long. Look at all I've put in uh, and everything we're going to be able to get out of it. And I think this class will be the one that, uh, you know, we'll see if we really did get a gem when we hired him away from Utah State, or if maybe it's time to to start looking elsewhere. Any closing thoughts on on men's basketball, you guys? Um, I I got a since I got a more of a question for Brian, maybe since he's more of the into the recruiting side of things. 
Is there more of, is there any of the incoming freshmen or the people that redshirted last year that you got that you see as that could, that could contribute right away and be, I don't say stars, but have relatively great production for us? You know, that's a good question. Um, the people who we, who we had the most potential tape to look at. And when I say tape, I mean like Huddle. YouTube highlights of their senior. Yeah. Like on Huddle or. Um, you know, Markel Frazier, he, he played at junior college and there, there was tape from his recruit, from his recruitment. Um, those are the guys who I've seen a little bit more and uh, Xavier Smith and Markel Fultz, uh, sorry, Markel Frazier, forget the slip there. Um, Xavier Smith and Markel Frazier, they, they look like people who, if they were on our team last year, they, they were athletes who were clearly good enough to play. Now we need to see them, you know, in real time, and we need to see them, can they shoot the ball? We need to see, is Trayvon Allen going to be the point guard we hope he is? He, we hope he can be. Um, or are we going to see more of, you know, his first two years was up and down. Um, if he takes a step, I think that's that's really the big deal. He doesn't need to become an all-conference player uh, for, to give us a, the baseline stability we need. He probably does need to be a guy who you can reliably predict, predict to score about 12 points a game. If he can do more than that, that's great. Uh, but first off, we need we need uh, Allen, our one returner, and uh, Frazier and Smith. At least I believe Frazier and Smith. I'm not the practices. Those two guys who are transfers who have the background playing against stronger okay. players than our freshmen coming in from high school. Those are the guys who I think at this point we can say if they're not starters, they need to be contributors. Now, of the freshmen themselves. Um, you know, I watched a little a little tape of Raekwondis Mitchell, and in the tape that I saw, um, he looked like a he looked like a solid shooter. He didn't look like quite the athlete um, as that Xavier Smith was, uh, but he he was a guy who, depending on the site you looked at, was either two stars or three stars. When you see a guy uh, at around three stars, at this point, we should be happy if we get a guy who's a potential three star recruit. Um, he was a guy who I saw some tape on, um, and he looked like he could be a pretty good shooter. Um, the re- Really, the big thing I'm hoping to see out of the roster is I am hoping we will play at least three guard lineups. Uh, if you look at the background of a lot of the posts that we that we have coming in, um, and this is this is also a feature of playing Big Sky basketball. If you are a six foot ten post who could who averaged twenty five points a game in high school, you're just not going to the Big Sky. Um, the big sky isn't from when I've watched, we don't often see great teams based off of post players who are extremely skilled because those extremely skilled post players, they don't go to the big sky. Um, so I am hoping Verlin is more open to letting, letting, you know, at, letting three guards play at a time or playing small ball and, you know, having three guards and a small forward at the four. Um, that's what I'm hoping. And also by doing that, we have a lot of guys who we need to see them on the floor. And at this point in time, there's no reason for fans like us to say, well, you know, Gino West looks like he should play 20 minutes a game and Chance Garvin looks like he should play 19 and uh, Cameron Pison should play 12. Like We need to see them play and we need – if we can see three of them play at a time, I mean, one, a lot of people just like small ball basketball. I'm one of those people. Uh, but, but two, if the guys can play, we need to see it pretty quick. And with our non-conference schedule, if guys can contribute, 
they should be able to step up within the first five or six games. Now, five or six games in, I think I can probably answer that question a lot okay. better. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's a perfect way to move on to what some could argue is the more proven product for the Idaho Vandals as far as gym sports go. Uh, John Newley's women's basketball team has had years of success, and it looks like we're, we might be graced with just another fantastic run um, by one of his teams. Um, we're picked preseason number one in both the coaches, preseason number one in the media for the Big Sky. Um, once again, I, I'd say maybe a bit more difficult non-conference schedule than the men, but, I mean, looking at it... I know new- I know Coach Neely always tries to schedule a super difficult mod. He always loves to challenge the team with the out-of-conference stuff. Well, yeah. And I love that. Form. And we keep getting draws like Louisville and UConn whenever we make the tournament. If you <laughs> if you win the Big Sky, it doesn't matter what your win-loss record is. Uh, they're probably going to put you at a 16 anyways, even if you finished you know, without losing. I bet you we wouldn't get higher than a 15 or 14 seed. So, yeah, play the Stanfords, play the Texas Techs. And let's, you know, what, let's get a little bit of practice so we can, I mean, we, we got a really good team. Um, oh, yeah. Can, can I add some really yeah. quick on that non-conference schedule part? <laughs> yeah, so with the women, uh, one of the things that I think matters and um, a, a, lot of, a lot of people who, let's say, just casual fans might not be aware of this, are women since 2012, 2013 have made either the NCAA tournament or the WNIT. Those are the only two tournaments that matter. They have made the one of those tournaments four of the last five years. Three of those years, it was NCAA tournaments. And you're, now you're correct that at this point in time, you know, unless Idaho is winning these non-conference games, are going to be a 16 seed. Uh, but scheduling those games, I think it matters, one, for what you referenced before, but second – Getting a bid into the NI, the WNIT for women to be the NIT for men, uh, part of that is contingent on proving that there's something extra, there's something special about a team like Idaho from the Big Sky to extend us an invite instead of, let's say, a a team from the SEC who mm-hmm. finished fifth or sixth. And the way we, the way teams like like Idaho, uh, the way teams like let's say a Gonzaga, though they're they're much higher profile, both men men's and women's are higher profile. Part of the ways they can do that is with a tougher non-conference schedule. And it's a credit to the development uh, we've seen since John Newley was here that it really does feel like it matters that they play those games out of conference, not just, um, not just as, you know, potential pay, not as potential payday, payday games when we understand in football, but because it truly can impact, do they make a postseason tournament? Yeah. Martin, you got any, uh, you know, takeaways you want to, uh, I mean, bring up or previews or, I mean, I know it's kind of hard to sit on our hands while we, you know, wait to talk up splash sisters, but <laughs> anything on the schedule. I mean, as far as like schedule goes, it's kind of like, it's like Brian said, it's like, you kind of just schedule the tough stuff, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And, um, I mean, we're playing Boise State, yeah, and we, that's on the twenty third. So I'm excited. I, yeah, hopefully, uh, make them want to play us more right, often. Well, or not want to play us. Uh, <laughs> I I honestly think we should handle them pretty well. I I just 
it's there's a this is one of the few Vandal sports programs where like I feel like you can hold a bit of confidence and cockiness because they usually more times than they don't they take care of their business. They don't get upset in the Big Sky tournament. Uh, they make the NCAA's and play you know the top four teams in the country. I mean, God, playing UConn that is that's a tough task. They are practically a professional WNBA team. Uh, so I mean, it, this team is they take care of business and it's so easy to love them. And it seems like newly just reloads and reloads and reloads. And, you know, here we are sitting with, you know, Taylor Pierce and Michaela friends. And, you know, it's, it looks like we just got another fantastic year. I'm going to, I'm going to say this right now. And like, I don't know if you want to consider this a corner still take or not. But uh, I'm just going to go out and say it, that I'm going to say this team is better than the 2015-2016 team that went on to play Baylor, and uh, I think they're going to win it. They're going to win it out, right? Oh, I 100% agree. They're gonna <laughs> I this team, this team like just just looks like they have what it takes to go win the Big Sky again and do maybe do the double. So Martin, so Martin for for the uninitiated or casual fan of Idaho women's basketball. Could you tell us, like, could you tell me uh, a couple of reasons why you, you say with such confidence that, Hey, we're going to win league. No question. Uh, I mean, it, it starts with the spot. Mike, Michaela friends and Taylor Pierce, just having those two, even if one's having a bad day, you know, more than likely the other is going to have just, is going to be able to pick up the, I wouldn't say pick up the slack, but just be able to pick it up and maybe score more points. And then you just have players like Natalie, Natalie Klinker and uh, Natalie and Izzy just being able to go down there and get those rebounds that Jerry, that Gerald, that Jerry got last year and just having another great, just how, I don't know how John Lilly does it, but just having a great point guard every year and like how he had uh, Carly Wilson. Now he has uh, Allison Kirby to be able to fill in those, fill in that, fill in that hole right there. Yeah. I mean, it, just need to plug players in and just go. Yeah, there's only so many spots on a first-team all-conference team, and when you're representing 40% of that first team, it's a good sign. And, you know, yeah, it's in your backcourt, but, uh, you know, the way basketball's going, it's not bad having two girls that can just absolutely arch it from anywhere on the court. And, you know, it, we're going to have more time uh, with them Uh to you know to enjoy this season and then you know like martin said uh you've got a stable of guards coming up right behind them we got what three or four freshman guards right now yeah. so i mean next year we're going to be talking about you know janny keen or uh gina markson like somehow some way one of these girls that we just don't know of right now is absolutely going to make us happy for another three to four years uh, but this, I agree with you. I think this team's going to be special. I I think, honestly, Taylor and Michaela might be two of the most special people we've had in the program ever. Um, and I'm I'm just excited to watch where it's almost hard to, to cover them uh, because I, I don't know. It's I, I expect them to win. There's not a lot of takes or conversation pieces I can have other than, I mean, we have the best backcourt in the big sky and probably one of the better ones in the country and – it's just hoping that maybe we don't have a letdown or we we avoid injuries at this point. I honestly think anything but an NCAA tournament bid would would shock me, um, but I don't know. Another thing, just kind of going back to like my proclamation is, it's just 
Newly, Coach New, John Newly, just he, he, he just, he just knows what he's. I'm saying he, he's a coach. He should know what he's doing. But like he, just always finds like those players that just aren't say under recruited. Just he knows he always finds players that want to play and just are like great all around, great all around athletes that can do everything, even rebound, shoot, pass, everything. Yeah. Um. So with that, Martin, you get to lead this time. Target wins you would expect for a reasonable amount for, for this team to finish this year? I'd probably say 25, 27 maybe. I know it's kind of really aiming high, but maybe <laughs> no, an upset dude. year or two in there. But I really think that they are going to be – I could see like 20. I could see like 25 to something. I know 20, maybe not 25, but at least I'd say at least 20. See, I, I'm – 20, 20 with like, I'd say probably 20, maybe like maybe losing one or two in conference, but I see them. Oh yeah. You, you probably won't sweep the conference. I mean, it's just, it's hard to do. It's so much travel. You're probably going to have an off night. I know. But. I know. Wow. I know like when they were in the, I forget what year it was in the whack, but didn't they only lose one mm-hmm. game in the whack? One yeah. Year? Uh, 2014, <laughs> I want to say maybe 2013. Yeah. Um, I think it was the final, one of the final years in the WAC. It was the 2013-2014 team that was they made the NCAA tournament that year. Yeah. They went 25 and nine overall. See, I was thinking, Martin, you you helped me out because Brian had the exact number on point of what I was expecting from the from the men's team, and for the women's, yeah. I'm bouncing between that 25, 26, 27 mark as well. I think 25 is the least amount I see them winning. I honestly see them maybe being able to get up to 27. Uh, like I said, difficult out of conference yeah. schedule, but I could maybe see them winning all 18, 17, 16 worth of their conference games. So I, I definitely think 25 to 27 is, yeah. I mean, that's my target goal. 25 below, yeah. I'd be like, man, the team really kind of hiccup I mean, the chance. Kind of, I mean, like, I know, like, I know, like we're, like, we're Vandal fans, but like, I mean, it's kind of assuming like stuff they're going to lose to like Stanford, Gonzag. I don't know if I'd give all exam women's basketball, but I know they're normally good. So yeah. Uh, Brian, it's gonna be a fun year. Do, do you got any? You got any <laughs> win predictions or win targets you think they might be able to get? Man, I'm I'm much better just setting performance goals. But uh, <clears throat> you know, if they're playing 33 games, you look at their out of conference schedule. Um, they have, you know, if we compare, you know, we describe the men's schedule as they have they have some winnable games, and I think most listeners mm-hmm. can read between the lines there. Um, we. You know, the women, they, they play at Stanford, they play Texas Tech, they play Boise State, they play Hawaii, Gonzaga, um, in addition to that, Wyoming and Long Beach State, uh, which, but again, just comparison to the men's schedule, um, this is a fun out-of-conference out schedule to me. Um, I, you know, I think that the 20, 25 sounds like a good number. I, when I say 25, what I mean is I, I'm hoping and expecting first or second in conference. We, we've got returning talent, um, and it's not just returning talent that has, let's say, been productive on OK teams. We have returning talent on teams that were successful. Yeah. And that, that's a meaningful difference that um, is part of why I think everyone should be happy and should be excited about our women's season. We're going to get to this part of the podcast. I'm going to do it with you guys. Um what are your corner stool takes? It can be men's. It can be women's. I uh, heck, you know what? No, we're going to keep it in basketball. I was going to say it could be football, but <laughs> you know, we, we talked a little basketball on this TJ and I'll have corner stool takes on football. If you have an extra one, go ahead and shoot it out. We're, we're opposed or not opposed to hot takes, but uh, 
Brian, we'll start with you as you know, you're, you're the new guy um, on the pod. What's your corner stool take for the men's or women's team this season? Corner stool take for the men's um, corner stool take for the men's is we finish in the top half of the conference and we are viewed as the type of team teams would not like to play in the first round. We're not going to finish top three in conference, but we'll finish top. I think we could finish top. Is it top? This Brian, I'm just kind of jumping out of it, but uh, is it top five this year? Get a buy in the four and five play in the four and five play in the quarters this year, or is they with North Dakota out? I don't really, I didn't really, unless it's kind of the jump back to men's stuff now, but is it there? Is it, what's the thing with the tournament this year? Do you, do you know that Brian or that? That is a great question for us to research. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know right now. Okay. We'll have more basketball content as okay. the year goes on, everybody. This is just our first uh, first introduction. We'll, we'll see how it goes okay. here on, but uh, we don't have all the answers yet. <laughs> That's what the fans are here to help us for, too. Yeah, but Martin, don't think I didn't notice. You have undo- or you tried to dodge your corner stool take. No, You're TJing me right now. Men's? Yeah, or, or women's. It's corner stool take for either. I think I already said my women, the women's one, which was they're gonna they're gonna win. I think they're gonna win both the regular season title and the and the Big Sky tournament. Being that it is in boy, being that the tournament is in Boise this year. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take. It, it's hard to do a corner stool take with the women's because I mean, literally, you could say I other than I expect them to go undefeated. Like they they look kind of they're it, supposed to be. It. Yeah, they're supposed to be that dominant. So, you know, there's not a lot to take there, even though I really want to. Um, but I am going to go to the men's side. I think this will be the year we win two conference games this year. I think we, uh, you know, win one of the early rounds, and then we get into one to play a team that had a bye, and we play, you know, upset fiddle this year, and we, we get to ruin someone's season for, for the first time in a while on, on the men's side. That's we're this year's side. We're this, we're this Southern Utah this year. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so with that, let's get you know I'm I'm loving the picks. Let's get a couple picks in for you guys. We'll start with the men's schedule. We got eleven two for everybody out there. If you want to watch these games, uh, the men's and women's games are on Pluto TV. So if you've been using it to watch the football games, you can use it to watch the women's and men's basketball teams as well as watch BigSky.com. LCSC first exhibition game for the men. Uh, it's on November 2nd at 7.30 in the Kibbles and Bits Dome. Uh, sorry, Cowan. No, sorry, Mem Jim, not the Cowan Spectrum. It's in Mem Jim. You do that to Mem Jim. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the Vandals. I'm taking the Vandals, too. Vandals. It'll, like, I don't know why, though. I've always noticed, like, LCSC always is. It just Do they always seem to play us tough, and then we somehow pull, off, pull out just at the very – very end of ever that game. It always seems to be a tough one for the Vandals, but they'll win. Yeah, LCSC is pretty solid for NAIA. I mean, Eastern Washington had a graduate transfer from LCSC a couple of years ago, Jacob Wiley, who ended up being the men's player of the year for the Big Sky. So oh, they're, wow. yeah. you know, obviously we should win for NAIA, but LCSC, they're, they're a respectable program. Yeah. Uh, Vandals at UC Irvine on 11 6 at 7 p.m. down in Cali. I'm actually going to take the the loss here. I think first real game, first real travel, young team. I'll take UC Irvine. I'll say the same thing. It's going to be a it's going to be an L for us. I'm going to take UC Irvine as well. Um, so let's do uh, 
women's here. Uh, we got LCSC as well coming to Mem Gym on eleven two. Um, I'm I'm gonna take the Vandals. Vandals, yeah, Vandals. Uh, then eleven six as well. This time in Mem Gym, they're home. They are playing California State Northridge at six p.m. on Pluto TV and watch Big Sky Vandals. Vandals. Yeah, I'll take Idaho too. Yeah, next week will be a little bit more exciting if we're peeking ahead, which the team showed up with Stanford and Texas Tech. But uh, that being said, we got women's sweep on the Vandals. Uh, that leads to the end of the basketball segment. So everybody that's waiting for football, you can you know quit half paying attention. It's coming right up. But before we leave, we couldn't let Brian leave as his first time guest. You got to hit us with a getting iced. I know you had no time to prep for this. But as a listener, former listener of the pod, now a member of the pod, this is your first appearance, so your only chance to ask us a getting ice question. You can ask it. It can be football. It can be basketball. It can be anything going on in Martin and I's lives or something you just want to know. So it's a football question because, you know, even though it's a basketball preview, um, in in terms of Idaho fandom, every season is football season. Um, My question is – did, did both of you go to the game in Eastern Washington on, on Saturday? Yep. <laughs> we did, so, and I accidentally ghosted Martin. <laughs> it's all good. What, so was, the connection was just terrible at that stadium, too. Was it a good thing, for the sake of the Tubs of the Club Twitter feed, that the connection was not great at Roosefield? Yes. Yes, yes it was. Yeah, it wouldn't have been very helpful after uh, about about halftime. Yeah, it was. I'm kind of happy that it was. Also, just where I was situated around other people, I'm not going to say who, but I just I'm, I'm very happy that the connection was not good. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Oh, that brings up a fun fact, though. Uh, I sat in the wrong seats. I thought nice. I was in section M, and ironically, <laughs> the four seats that I had in section P, where all the vandals were were just open and I sat down with all these Eastern fans. I remember sitting there being super pissed off and super loud and obnoxious because there's so many Easter fans around me. So, you know, for like the first 32 seconds of the game, but uh, I, I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm really upset. I bought these through the Vandal ticket office and there's only like one Vandal in my entire section. And then when I leave, my buddy who I gave a ticket to is like, why didn't you ever come to the seats? And I was like, what do you mean? I was wondering where you were. I thought you were just in the beer garden. And he goes, no, I thought the seats. And I look at my ticket. I was in like, four sections the wrong way so sorry to whoever seat i stole but yeah i would have been ugly on twitter between having a bunch of eastern fans around me and then uh, like i said as the game went as we'll hear later all right well um i want to thank brian for coming on and welcome to the pod uh you'll be hearing more of him like we said we're not quite sure exactly how the finite details of basketball coverage will work not every episode will be 50 minutes long. If it is, we'll probably start having our own basketball uh, just segment until football ends. And then, you know, this will be the main podcast going forward. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Brian Martin, since you weren't on the rest of the pod, feel free to give the people a shout out or a plug on what's going on in your lives. Yeah. So I, which you would find on my Twitter feed if you follow at Brian Marceau. Um, in August, I had my first short story accepted at a literary journal, um, which is, that was kind of my, that was my big event of the last few months. Um, and otherwise, I am, I'm mostly looking forward to basketball season. Um, I, I'm a big NBA fan. 
the only college basketball I really follow is Big Sky. Um, and I, I try to make it to as many home games as I can, which is usually, you know, five to six. So in, in a lot of ways, we're entering my favorite time of the year. Oh, yeah, same with me. I love football, but my my thing is it is it is football-related, and I assume this will come out before next – this will be out this week, Chris? Yep. To, well, tomorrow. It's Halloween. It'll be out Thursday. Maybe okay. fr- Friday. Okay. My, my, mine's not really a – mine's not really a what's going on in my life right now. I The only thing I can really say is is just – I want as much silver and gold in that dome November 10th as possible. I don't want any of that red stuff from Missoula in, the, in that dome next next. <laughs> For those of you that I don't listen don't to the pod frequently. Want, I want the least amount of Grizz fans as possible. Martin has put a hex on the Grizz. They have not won since he's on the pods that he will not pick them ever so which one thing I can add keep it up anyway if you are looking for yeah. the single corner of the internet more agitated than all vandals during football season it's egris when they're losing <laughs> it's literally free entertainment it's fantastic <laughs> but that being said the uh moderator for the eastern washington website would not let me on last week i tried to make four posts and they just would not no no response or anything so whoever runs red zone kick rocks uh but yeah egris is a great time um I want to thank everyone for going on the pod. Like we said, you, you can find Martin we've, at Hemi underscore 71. If you need to find Brian, it's at Brian Marceau. Uh, if you don't know how to spell that like I didn't the first time, literally just go into the search thing on your Twitter and type in hashtag ask TATC. He's, like, he's like the last eight. So uh, we'll answer some of his in the other pod, part of the podcast. And yeah. Uh, start asking us hashtag ask TATC, hashtag ask TATCs about basketball because it's it's here and we've got a basketball pod now, guys. So uh, thanks for going on and uh, go Vandals. Woo.